0: It's hour of power. Glory to God. Pastor Miss Hagan are on the road. You know wherever they're at, somebody else is getting an hour of power too. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. We ought to be believing for good things when we get to. We have the privilege of sending our pastors out all over the world, and when they go out like this, there are always testimonies of what God does in the lives of people. And I can tell you, as somebody who uh, we were away from here for many years. I graduated from ReMA in 2006. And I know what you're thinking looking at me. You're like, wow, how do you still look so young? <laughs> Thank you for thinking that. <laughs> but we were out and we were away from here. And there are times where you don't have a group of people like you around. Sometimes it feels difficult and to know that they're going into places, places I know of because they go into areas where we lived around those areas. And sometimes it's just hard for people. They don't, they, they don't experience. Sometimes being here, it almost feels like a bubble because we've got so many people believing with us. and uh, But it's not that way everywhere. And so I'm glad that they get to go out, aren't you? And they get to take hope, help, and healing to the world. It means a lot. Praise God. Well, I want to talk to you tonight about... Uh, something that I'm calling like whenever I speak here the the titles of the message are usually better that they come up with but I'm calling it the key of consistency so we'll see if that sticks or not if it doesn't I'll probably like theirs better better but I like consistency it it doesn't mean that I don't like some adventure that I don't enjoy uh, experiencing some things out of my ordinary but I do like consistency So much, in fact, that like when I go places to eat, and I'm not gonna talk about food very long because I I don't wanna get you so hungry that we make this a half hour of power. I want you to stick around. (laughs) But when I go places to eat, I'm in a a food rut. I can tell you, like if you name the restaurant or whatever, I can tell you what it is that I want when I get there. I don't need your menu, keep it, please. (laughs) For the Mexican restaurant, I'm like, we don't even have to talk about it. My favorite fast food restaurant is Wendy's. Uh, partly because that's where I met my wife when we were in high school and we were dating. And I tell people the best thing I ever got from Wendy's was my wife, Sarah. And the second best thing I got at Wendy's was a single cheeseburger, but it, was, it dwarfs in comparison. <laughs> but they're good. And the reason that I like Wendy's is because wherever I go, they're consistent. We, in high school, we worked there and they had these training videos. I looked for it. I could find every training video they had, but the one about their condiments, what they put on their sandwiches. But they had a little song. It was called white, red, and green. And if you open up, it's just a fun fact for you. If you open up your Wendy's uh, hamburger, if you get everything on it, the condiments are in the order of white, red, and green. So there'll be mayonnaise, ketchup pickle, onion, tomato, lettuce. And they flip that over and they put that on there because the guy who founded the place, Dave Thomas, said that by doing that, you created a consistent bite. And if every sandwich was made and dressed the same way, every time you went to a Wendy's, it would be consistent. And so I like that because, you know, a lot of times we like consistency. If you go get your favorite thing, you want it to be the same right? You don't want it to taste different. And when it doesn't taste the same, if I ever go and they mess it up somehow because, you know, somebody's just not paying attention to the white, red, and green song, I could sing it for you, but I won't. (laughs) If somebody's not paying attention to that, then it's not consistent and I'm disappointed. And it's because there's this expectation that comes with that consistency, Right? We want things that, if they're consistent, we want to know there's an assurance that it's always going to be the same. And so I wanted to talk to you about consistency tonight because, and you know, maybe this first part, what I'm telling you, I might, you know, you might say, yeah, I know that, but we're just going to talk about something that you know then. God is consistent. And then that's important because not everybody knows that. You do because many of you have gone to Ramah Bible Training College, rbtc.org. How was that? There you go. That was my quick advertisement. Or you've been around this ministry and you've heard good teaching, but not everybody knows that. Before I came here, I didn't know some of the things about God that I know now. I was raised in what we called full gospel churches or Pentecostal churches. Some of them were... uh, At one time, the church that my grandfather pastored was an old-time Pentecostal church. It was at one time called Pentecostal Church of Deliverance. So that should tell you the emphasis, you know. But I came here and I learned some things about God that I didn't realize because I didn't know that I could always come to God and expect the same thing. But the Bible tells us that we can. The, this scripture in Matthew chapter 3, you know it. It says, Matthew or Malachi rather, I mean, Malachi 3 verse 6 says, I'm the Lord, I do not change. Isn't that right? The scripture tells us in James 1.17 in the New Living Translation, it says, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Psalm 89, 34 in the New Living says, no, I will not break my covenant. I will not take back a single word I said. And then certainly we know Hebrews thirteen, eight, that tells us that Jesus is the same when? Yesterday, today, and forever. So there's a consistency in God. In light of that, I would propose to you tonight that when it comes to receiving from God, those times that we're not experiencing the truth that's contained in his word, it couldn't have been on God's end. Well, that was weak. (laughs) Thank you for the rousing burst of silence. Those times that we didn't experience, those things that we know that the Bible tells us, if God is the same, then it can't be on his end. Meaning, if there was a time where I, uh, I, I had a need in my life financially, and I know that the, the Word tells me that God meets all of my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus, and I came up short, it couldn't have been on God's end. Right, good, right. You know, my first year of Rhema, when I, I nearly had to drop out of school because I didn't have the money to pay my tuition... At first, I wanted to blame God. I thought, well, this is God, just didn't meet my need here. But the reality of it was, when I look back on it, I probably spent that money on incredible pizza and zoo tickets. It didn't come in the way I expected it to come in. I expected that God was just going to drop the entire amount into my account. Somebody was going to write me a check for the full thing. But when I looked back on it, the reality was I had the finances. God did meet my need. But it came in a little at a time, and I spent it on other stuff was on my end, not on God's end. And so when we see those things in our lives, I think sometimes we, we need to be reminded that the God we serve is consistent. The good news about that is, if God doesn't change and it was on his end, that would be a problem for us. But if it's on our end, we can do something about that. Isn't that right? Look with me at Deuteronomy, the 31st chapter. We're going to read Deuteronomy 31, beginning with verse 1. I'm reading out of the New Living here. And this is, this is a story about the Israelites. Moses is speaking to the Israelites, and he's showing them some things that I think there's a larger principle for us to understand that, you know, Israel, those, those guys, man, I mean, God bless them. <laughs> They had a lot of times where they would be back and forth with God. Isn't that right? They would be all in, and then all of a sudden they wouldn't be. You know, oh, glory to God, we're going to this promised land. Would to God that we were back in Egypt with the flesh pots. Back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. But there's a reality in believing God that we learn here because we go to a church that teaches us that the natural and the supernatural coming together create an explosive force for God, that God will do everything he said he would do, but there are some things that we have to do. Isn't that right? And I think the scripture illustrates that. It says this, Beginning with verse one, it says, when Moses had finished giving these instructions to all the people of Israel, he said, I'm now 120 years old and I'm no longer able to lead you. The Lord has told me you will not cross over the Jordan River, but the Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy the nations living there and you will take possession of their land. Joshua will lead you across the river just as the Lord promised. The Lord will destroy the nations living in the land just as he destroyed Sion and Og, the kings of the Amorites. The Lord will hand over to you the people. He'll hand over to you the people. And then it says this, it says, uh, and you must deal with them. As I have commanded you, so be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Then Moses called for Joshua, and as all of Israel watched, he said to him, Be strong and courageous, for you will lead these people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors. You're the one who will divide it among them as their grants of land. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. But you notice that back and forth where uh, Moses is saying, you will do this. God is doing this. You will do this. He's going to take you into the land. You will possess it. He'll give the people into your hand, right? But you have some things to do. God is constant, but we are not. We need to understand that there's this pattern in life. God will always be the same no matter what the circumstance is, no matter what the challenge is, and that's important for us to know because whenever we come up against something that we don't see immediately, the things that God's word says coming to pass, we have to hold sure to the fact that God is unchanging. He's constant. Things will always be the same with him. You don't ever have to worry about is God gonna do what he said he'd do or maybe this time he's gonna change his mind. But you know that's what the devil does to us a lot of times. He'll come to us with a thought or an idea that tries to tell us that he won't go to you about the last time when God met your need. He'll come to you about this time that you're trying to believe God for, right? No sense in trying to convince you that God wouldn't meet your need last time when he already met your need last time, but this time somehow it's going to be different. But if God is unchanging, if God is constant, then will it be the same with him every time? Whenever God reveals himself in scripture, uh, it forever settles some things. When he revealed himself as Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who is the provider, that's forever. Forever. Isn't that right? When he said that he's Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals, that's forever. It's consistent. When he says he's Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace, that's consistent. That's forever. When he said he's Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord my righteousness, Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there for me, he's consistent. If he ever was something, then he is something today. Glory to God. God never has an issue with consistency. We don't ever have to worry about whether or not God will be the same when we approach him. I think we're the ones with difficulty in that issue. Oftentimes it's us who aren't consistent. As a believer, I've found in my own life that this issue of receiving from God goes beyond his consistency we have to be consistent as we walk with him. So the first thing we need to know is that God is consistent. But the second thing that we need to know is that consistency is a key ingredient for us receiving by faith. We have to be consistent. This is an area where I believe that we struggle. Many times we, we major on intensity instead of consistency. Consistency. And intensity won't bring the same result that consistency will. Here's what I mean by that. And I'll just talk about me because you'd like that better. There have been times in my life where I've had to deal with some type of sickness that's come up in my life and all of a sudden I find myself digging into the word of God just a little bit more. Seeking God and reading the word of God and meditating on the word of God just a little bit more. Why? Intensity. But intensity won't produce the same result that a daily diet of me reading the word of God, meditating on his word, spending time in his presence, consistency with God will produce something that intensity won't. Any of y'all know who Stephen Curtis Chapman is? I have the distinct privilege of being the worst guitar student that his father Herb Chapman has ever had. They are from the same town that we're from, Paducah, Kentucky. And my nephew has become a great guitar player because he took lessons from Herb Chapman and Herb Chapman taught him how to play guitar exceptionally well. Love to listen to my nephew play guitar. Just blesses me. So much, in fact, that I was determined that I was going to learn to play guitar too. And Herb Chapman was going to teach me. So I start. I, I called him up, and he didn't have very many openings. I heard he had some openings for students, and so man, I was I was stoked. My dad had gotten me a guitar years ago, and it just sat in the corner collecting dust. But I'm going to learn how to play it, and Herb Chapman's going to teach me because he's good. And I, my nephew's proof. Herb Chapman would not want you telling, would not want me telling you that I'm one of his students. I can play about four chords, but. The reason that I'm not good, and my nephew is, is not because Herb Chapman doesn't have the power to teach people how to play guitar. He's got the ability. But when I started out, I had an intensity. Now my wife would tell you also that Herb Chapman and I like the same music and I would get in there and I'd spend, I don't even wanna tell you what I spent on lessons, but I would pay for that lesson and we would just talk about our favorite Southern gospel. He'd just lean on his guitar and he'd talk to me. And the only thing that I can say is I wrote some lyrics to a song, he quartered it out. So I told him we've co-written a song. <laughs> but the difference was not the guitar instructor. He's consistent. But I wasn't putting in the time that my nephew did. I wasn't giving it the practice that was necessary. You know, intensity again is like I go and look in the mirror and this shirt doesn't fit me well. So after work today, I'm going to the NRC and I'm working out and I spend an hour over there sweating profusely working out because my shirt didn't fit. But then I go back home and I eat just the same way I always did and I don't go back. That was just intensity. That was me trying to push through in an area. That will never produce the result that if I said, you know what, I want to fit in those clothes, I'm tired of buying new clothes, I'm going every day. I'm working out every day. I'm going to go back and I'm going to do the treadmill today. I'm working on arms tomorrow. I know you're looking at me thinking, you've been working on arms. No, no. I told somebody one time, I said, yeah, I said, y'all need tickets to this gun show? And they said, it looks like a small arms convention. So, (laughs) You don't have to laugh so hard at that. (laughs) But if I was to go every day, that consistency would develop something different than just intensity, isn't that right? Consistency is saying I'm gonna start going to the gym every day and working and lifting weights and which one will produce the greater result? The intensity or the consistency? Consistency helps us connect to the power that provides what we need, whatever the area might be. If it's working out, the power to receive strength and health, right? If God is always the same and he's always constant, then the power or the ability that we need is always available. We just have to tap into it. And that's our natural side. There's some things that we have to do. I think the thing that that Israel was missing oftentimes was they weren't consistent with God. They wouldn't receive the things that God had for them because, well, in the same same chapter in Deuteronomy, Moses is speaking to the Lord about the the Israelites, and he says, When you die, he said they're going to turn away to other gods. They are a stiff necked people. Why? They weren't consistent. They didn't continue to follow with God. But God didn't change. God didn't fail them. God never let them down because he is consistent. It requires consistency in our believing and in our actions if we're going to receive from God. Sadly, the way that I learned this is by not being consistent. And then I, I start struggling, like many other people have, and I'm not, you know, probably not you find people, but someone. I find out that uh, there's more bills than I got money to pay, and all of a sudden, well, I get laser focused on what God said He'd meet my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus, looking for Jehovah Jireh, looking for Him any way I can find Him, looking for Him as Jehovah Posta, the God who blesses through the mailbox. Y'all know Him? <laughs> I get intense about it. But what if I was making a daily practice of meditating? Yeah, you know, that's one of the things Brother Hagen used to say he'd spend he said he fed himself along the, the lines of faith and healing every day. I never really understood that when I was early on. I never really understood that he, why would you have to? Don't you you rise to a level where you've arrived and now you no longer have to do that? Well, brothers and sisters, if that day comes, Rob Betts has not found it yet. We gotta stay with the word. You ever heard the term dance with the one that brung you? The same thing that brought you out is the same thing that will keep you above the waves. God will be constant. God will never change. He will always be the same. And if we'll make just a little switch, glory to God. The time elapses real quick here. It's strange, it's the building. No. Because of this understanding that I gained about this issue of the, this natural and the supernatural working together, Because I I, I gained that understanding, it helped me to see that there's some things that I need to do if I'm gonna receive from God that I have a part to play. And that's why uh, the message that Pastor Hagen brings about the natural and the supernatural coming together and creating explosive force for God, I didn't know that before I came here. I didn't realize that. And hearing those messages for the first time when I was a Rhema student here and understanding that you mean if, I, if I'll get engaged, I'm not, uh, before somebody would tell me, you know, they, they would give me some reason why maybe God was withholding something from me, why that wasn't happening and it was bad doctrine. But I come in here and Pastor Hagen tells me that I've got a part to play. Well, that's a game changer because that means now I can get involved and I can begin to receive things, and all of a sudden I realize that the X factor in the equation of receiving with God is me. I'm the X factor, you're the X factor. The definition of X factor is this it's a variable in a given situation that could have the most significant impact on the outcome. And I'm here to tell you today that when it comes to receiving from God, God is not the X factor because God is not a variable, He's unchanging. God is not the X factor because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If God ever said it, won't God do it? He's always the same. He's unchanging. So he's not variable. There's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God is always the same. And glory to God, that's good news. He's always the same. But you know what? The devil is also not the X factor. He's not variable either. He comes to us all the same way. The thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. Isn't that right? He's got no new tricks. It's always the same. He does the same thing to everybody. He's not varying. He's always the same. He's always doing the same thing. Guess what? That means then we're not ignorant of his devices, right? God is not variable. The devil is not variable. You know who is variable? You and me. You and I are variable. We can be up or we can be down. We can strengthen ourselves in faith and we can build ourselves up and we can spend more time. And you know it's true. We can spend more time with God and we see God's not withholding things from us. Like if you'll pray enough, you'll get this. If you'll do enough, if you'll go and volunteer enough, God is not doing that with us. We're trying to get ourselves in a position to receive because you and I got the same problem oftentimes. We go to a great Bible-believing church, we read our Bibles and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, but we don't have our souls under control many times. Our minds, our will, and our emotion, and we're battling these things in our minds and they keep us, they keep us from following God with whatever he says and saying, I believe it, that settles it, it is done. It is done. We go back and forth, and the enemy's right there telling us, Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's right. But he's a liar. Amen? If you can't say amen right there, I won't get you anywhere tonight. The variable in the process of believing and receiving God is you and me. If I'll do my part, God's done his part. You know, when you look at people in the Old Testament, you think about the the walls of Jericho. Joshua at the walls of Jericho. Everybody gets real excited about the shout, but that's the intensity. I would propose to you that it was marching every day that put them in position to shout. You know, you go back and read that story. They didn't even know how long they were gonna do it. Joshua did. But he didn't tell them. They were just walking. And sometimes keeping their mouth closed is, you know, it's a good idea. (laughs) Right? You know, walk and don't say nothing because I've heard y'all talk before is what he's thinking. I know some of the stuff comes out of y'all's mouth. Don't say nothing. Just, Just walk quietly. I'll tell you when you can talk. Yeah, you know that? I'm not giving them a hard time. I mean, hey, that's, you know. I first learned this as a student here. And actually I was preparing for, you know, I'd been coming to to services here at the church and hearing things that I'd never heard, understanding that I was gonna have a part to play and God was showing me things that I'd never seen before. And by the time that we were doing our student sermons and Dean Tad at the time was just brother Tad, the instructor, and worked in the RMA office, I think at the time, he was uh, over my pastor's lab. And I was preparing my message for the pastor's lab and I was looking at this subject of faith and God showed me that I had never seen it this way before until I came here and I was getting taught uh, at, at Rhema Bible Church the things that I saw. But he showed me uh, an illustration and I'm sure Dean Tad's heard lots of illustrations since he's been around here. I'm sure he doesn't remember mine, but it always blessed me the things he wrote on my, on my pastor's lab. I've still got it. And I've got the CD so I can prove that it's all happened. But the Lord showed me. He said, "Do you remember when you were uh, in school, in, in elementary school, and one day they told you that nine and two was eleven? Nine and two was eleven. You remember they taught you that?" And I was like, "Yeah." And He said, Do "You remember?" He said it was just a, a couple of weeks later. Somebody came along and told you nine and two was seven. Like, yeah, I remember that. Was that me rattling? It wasn't anything in here, I promise. It was the money. <laughs> but then it wasn't too long after that and they told me that nine and two was 18. I'm like, wait a minute. Didn't y'all say nine and two was seven? Now you're telling me nine and two was 18? And the Lord said to me, it wasn't the nine or the two It was what was in the middle that made all the difference. And I got it. That was my X factor. That was me. God is constant. He's consistent. He'll always be the same. And those things he said to us, he'll always do. He's always able to perform. But what I do in the middle will make all the difference. What I do in this in-between time from the time that I've read the promise in God's word that am I going to believe that I receive when I pray or am I gonna waver? Am I gonna doubt? What I put in between in that in-between time will determine the outcome that I get and the devil doesn't get to determine my outcome. Oh, he wants me to think that, that, that he determines my outcome but he doesn't determine my outcome. If Jesus said in Matthew 28 that all power has been given unto him, well, there's none left for the devil. And he said, all power has been given unto me, therefore you go. So he's got no power in my life. He wants me to think that he has that power, but he doesn't. He doesn't get the say so. God will say it, and if I'll believe it, that settles it. But it's up to us to be consistent. We have to stay with the word. How do we build ourselves up like that? We spend time praying. Praying in a known tongue and praying in other tongues. Jude tells us that we're building ourselves up when we pray in the spirit. Isn't that right? We meditate on the word of God. Proverbs 4 tells us to attend to, the, uh, attend to his words, incline our ears unto his saying, let them not depart from our eyes, keep them in the midst of our hearts. Their life unto those that find them and health or medicine to all their flesh. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but you'll meditate in it day and night. Then you'll make your way prosperous. When? Then you'll have good success is what it says. So we, we, we pray and we spend time with God and we fellowship with him and it builds us up. It strengthens us. We get into the word of God and we let, it, we let our eyes rest upon it and we start getting stronger and stronger and stronger. We, we change what we say. We change what comes out of our mouth. Those things that we speak, they ought to line up with what God says. We having the same spirit of faith as it is written, I believe, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore we say what he says. Isn't that right? I'm telling you things you already know. You know, that's a good thing about our power. Pastor Hagen says, you know, I'm teaching you stuff you already know, but I come in here and I'm like, glory to God, man, say it again. Say it again. Ha <laughs> ha. Why? Because it strengthens us. It establishes us. It makes us consistent. It makes us consistent that when the enemy comes, we'll say, no, just like last time, God is faithful. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. I was, I was meditating on before class today. I was thinking about that song, Count Your Blessings. You're not counting your blessings because you want to see what kind of stack you got. You're counting your blessings because it reminds you of everything that God has already done. And if he's done it once, he'll do it again. Like the song says, you may not know how, and you may not know when, but he'll do it again. Amen? God is consistent. And if he's consistent, we ought to be consistent. And this consistency, I believe, is the key that will help to set us free. And then when the devil comes, tries to give you a haymaker you just smile. Tell him about the waymaker. Yeah. Amen. He's consistent. And so are we. Look at your neighbor and say, I'll be consistent and I'll receive everything that he has for me. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the privilege of being here to speak at Hour of Power this evening. What an honor. We thank you, Father God, for wisdom by your Holy Spirit to help us to grow. I did my best to share some things tonight, Lord, that I know many of the people that are in this room, many of the people that are watching may have known these things, but we're just building ourselves up, Father God, for the next time that the enemy tries to come and tries to, uh, tries to bring something into our lives that we know that we have freedom from because Jesus has set us free. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. I pray for every person within the sound of my voice tonight, Lord, that they would be reminded of those things, that they would uh, be, be stirred up to remembrance of those things that you've already provided and promised us in your word. And that they would purpose, Lord, that just the same as you're consistent, that you're always the same, they too stand on your word in a sameness, Lord, in a consistency from faith to faith, from glory to glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.